Hi there. This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's word and the ministry of the Spirit. Thank you so very much, Nonso Oji. Thank you. Thank you, dear sir. Good evening, everyone. I believe we can hear me loud and clear. If you can, let me know as we just um okay thank you to me i see you thank you thank you so very much uh can you just tag your enable and say welcome to church on the move uh can you just so we know he's in church today hallelujah fantastic thank you ayo thank you so very much thank you thank you thank you what a joy what a great privilege to you know just share god's word with us and just you know tabernacle around his word praise god forevermore can we just say a short word of prayer spirit of the living god we thank you this very night thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place thank you father lord for the power and the potency inherent in your word father we ask as we teach tonight the lord god you illuminate our hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you give us understanding hearts and, and receptive minds in the name of Jesus. We ask that light breaks forth in this place and you empower us to walk in the fullness of your word. In that holy, worthy, and majestic name, Jesus Christ, we have prayed and we have received. Amen and amen. What a joy hallelujah hallelujah so let's just get started this um beautiful evening now pastor began to share with us very profoundly you know on the series gift series you know at church and um, i believe god is doing a whole lot you know with us and it's not for nothing that god has decided to take us on that journey you know by teaching us on the fruit of the spirit very profound topic and i have the greatest honor to just lay the foundation tonight you know as we um, give space for uh all the pastors to you know just share in the coming weeks hallelujah so you may want to ask yourself why do we have to preach the word why why is it that you know, we have to gather here on Thursday to share God's word. Why is it that, you know, somebody has to come on Sunday and teach the word of God? What is it about the preaching of the word and the release of grace? Now, anytime God wants to release his grace, all right, in a particular dispensation to a particular set of people, it comes via the preaching of the word so that we understand the reason why we do some of the things we do, because these are foundational teachings. These are very basic, but in essence, also very, very important. Why do we have to preach God's word? What is the, what is the, why do we, what is the science, <laughs> as it were, behind the preaching of God's word? I believe very strongly that the preaching of the word, you know, remains God's foremost technology that transfer all of his graces to the believer. So you want to get a grace from the Lord, it comes via the instrumentality, all right, of preaching. That's how God's word, you know, that's how God imparts grace. Romans chapter 10 and 14, Romans 10 and 14, the Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Hallelujah. All right. So it says, how, how, shall, how shall they call upon him without a preacher? All right. And it says, how shall they even preach without one being sent? So two things we must realize. That whenever God wants to impart his grace, for instance, as the gift series is going on, there is going to be an impartation and a monumental move of the gift of the Spirit. Why? Because there is the preaching of the word in that regard. Okay? Now we are going to be teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. You should understand that beginning from now, you're going to be manifesting this fruit in such a huge dimension. Why? Because there is a preaching in that regard. Whenever God wants to impart his graces, he does that via the instrumentality of preaching. So you must discern two things very powerfully. You must discern the word of God that is coming, and you must discern the one who is bringing the word. He said, how shall they preach without their being sent? Some people went, but others were sent. Hallelujah. The Bible says of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17, you know, there were so many widows in Zarephath, but Elijah was not sent to any other widow except that particular woman. So the, whenever you, you receive God's word, it comes with you, you, you receive the word of God and you must also discern the vessel that God is sending for his word to, you know, from, rather. Now you, 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 we, we read Isaiah chapter, chapter number 55 and 11. It says, so shall my word be that word for out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void but shall accomplish. So whenever the word of God is being sent forth, there is a definite purpose. There is an accomplishment that the word of God is going to, you know, just accomplish as the word is being thought. So there is something that's going to, you know, that is happening this season through the gift series, through the, the fruit of the spirit. You know, there is graces that is imparted. All right. And I said all of that just to say that in the PowerPoint tribe, God has actually graced us, you know, with a sent vessel in the person of our senior pastor, Pastor Damilola Oguntunde. You know, it's not just one who has, uh, it's not just a preacher, it's one who has been sent to inspire, you know, a generation. And we, we salute and we celebrate you there, Sarah Pastor Dami, and um, all of our pastors. You know, I've been richly, richly imparted, you know, by the graces available, you know, in the PowerPoint tribe through all the many vessels that God has graciously given unto us. Hallelujah. So that was just to say welcome. I, I believe that was a blessing to us. I will just kick start, you know, with the word of God. Praise God forevermore. Now, the fruit of the spirit. Okay. We want to turn our Bibles. We're going to be opening a lot of scriptures because this is a very. And uh, it carries with it uh, lots and lots of scriptures. So let's start with the, the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter number five. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter five. Please, I want to have your Bibles open, widely open. All right. Whether through your phones or your ad copy Bible, make sure you have your Bible and you're looking into the perfect law of liberty. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter number five, we start reading, you know, from verse number 16. Praise God forevermore. 
Galatians chapter number 5, uh, we start reading from verse 16. The word of God that is forever settled in heaven says, I say then, walk in the spirit. Let's just backtrack a little bit and let's start from verse 14. It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Then verse 16 begins to say, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what does it mean to walk in the spirit? All right, because some of these things, some of these concepts, sometimes we try to, uh, we go overboard with it. We get too highfalutin and we tend to mystify things. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right. I said, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And um, it goes further to say, now the works of the flesh are evident. It, give, it, it begins to give us, you know, the, the works of the flesh. And verse 22, which is our anchor scripture for this series, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So first and foremost, it says, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then it begins to itemize the works of the flesh. All right? And um, it now begins to tell us what the fruit of the Spirit is. It says, but now the fruit of the Spirit is love. So walking in the Spirit, all right, means walking in love. Is that simple? Is that simple and clear? It says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And it tells you what the flesh is is or what the works of the flesh are it says adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness you know and all of those things and it says but the fruit of the spirit so the way i get to work in the spirit is by walking in love all right i'm going to show us you know from this teaching that as the bible rightly said but the fruit of the spirit Notice it didn't say, but the fruit of the Spirit are. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Then it begins to show you what the fruit of the Spirit is. It says love. Now I'm going to show you through this teaching that the fruit of the Spirit is just one. The fruit of the Spirit is one, love. But that love now manifests itself in eight dimensions. We're going to prove it through scriptures. All right? The fruit of the Spirit is love that manifests itself in peace, in joy, in gentleness, all right, in self-control, in patience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, we, we, we want to just begin uh, tonight by, um, by first talking about the new birth, because you can't really understand um, the fruit of the Spirit or walking in the Spirit if we do not understand what happened to us. You know, when we gave our heart to Jesus, what really happened to the believer when he said, Jesus is Lord? What was that thing that happened to us, you know, that that made us a new creation in Christ Jesus? You see, the new birth, when we were born of God, when the believer gave his heart to Jesus, all right, 
that's when the love of God actually imparted our hearts. When we said yes to Jesus, God gave us his nature. Because the nature of God is not, is not miracles, is not signs, is not wonders. The nature of God is love. It says, and God is love. The God's very nature is love. So when we got born again, God's very nature was imparted into our very beings. Hallelujah. So when we got born again, we partook of God's life and therefore God's love. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 3. Remember I said we're going to be sharing a whole lot of scriptures. The Bible says, it says, um, First Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 2. It says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So we got born again by the Spirit of God. It says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. First Corinthians chapter 12 and 3. And First Peter chapter 1 and 23 says we were born again, not of corruptible seed, you know, but of incorruptible of the word of God. So the fusion of the word and the spirit of God gave birth to us. Hallelujah. So we were born again by the spirit. And Romans chapter 5 and 5 says the love of God, all right, has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We are getting somewhere, and, and, and we need to understand this foundational truth before I, we delve deeper. And what I want to do tonight is a foundation. We're not going to get into, you know, we're not going to get so deep because we're just going to leave that to the likes of Pastor Yinka. Grace to you, Ma. She's going to be teaching next week and the rest of our pastors. But we need to understand the very fundamentals of this truth. We're not trying to rush out anything. We just want to take time sit with the word and understand this thing called the fruit of the spirit. Are you still with me? Now, it says no one call it Jesus accursed. And no one can say, you know, Jesus is Lord except by the spirit of God. So when we got born again, we were imparted with the life and the nature of God. And the nature of God is love. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So the love of God in my heart is the evidence that I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear son. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. I can hear imaginary, yes, sir, preacher here in my room. Praise God. You know, it's my first time using this platform, and I'm just trying to get used to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we go born again, we were imparted with the life of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and 5, I shared that earlier. It says the love of God is cascading in our hearts. I love how the message translation puts it. It says we do not have enough room to contain the love of God. Ha, yeah, yeah. Ha. We do not have enough room to contain it. The love of God is cascading in, in, in a very, in, in, in a boundless dimension in our hearts. So the, the question is not whether um, um, I'm, I'm praying for love or whether um, God should impart love to me. There's nothing such as that. In the New Testament, you do not pray for love. You exercise love. Hallelujah. You don't pray that God should give you what he has already given unto you. 
The Bible says in Romans 5 and 5 that the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So the, 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 the nature of God, all right, which is the nature Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. The love of God in your heart is the evidence, like I shared before, that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear son. All right? Hallelujah. So God's love in my heart is the evidence that I am saved. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, in, uh, beg your pardon, the Bible says in, let's, uh, all right, all right, all right. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and 14, 1 John chapter 3 and 14, the Bible says we have passed from death unto life. And, and, and the death that was being spoken of there is not, is not physical death. It's talking about spiritual death. That we have passed from death unto life and it gives the reason why. It says because we love the brethren. Hallelujah. We have passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Okay, so God is not going to tell you that you have a nature that you don't already have. So you, you in, 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 this, in this kingdom, you are not praying for love. You are not praying for, you know, that you are not praying for the baptism of love. <laughs> there is nothing like that. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. We have passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Hallelujah. John chapter 13 and 34, John chapter 13 and 34, the, the, the Jesus speaking there says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Hallelujah. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. And the next verse further now says, that by this shall all men shall know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Interesting. Interesting. So our identification is based on love. How you identify the believer in Christ Jesus is not by tongues. You know, nowadays you have so many, you know, high syllable tongues. There are some tongues you hear and you will doubt your salvation. You'll be like, am I really full of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> you know, even some tongues sounds like names of, of footballers. You hear things like Lukaka, Lukaka. And you're wondering, like, are we, is this, is this a Chelsea player we're talking about here? All right. So we get to know that you're a disciple of Jesus, not by the, the, your tongues, not by your ability to manifest the gift of the Spirit, which is really important. We're not dumping any of those things. Please note that. All right. We're not saying don't speak in tongues. We're not saying to manifest the gift of the Spirit. That's not what we're saying. All right. But that, the, 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 the identification, how you will get to know that this one belongs to Jesus is by that love nature overflowing from your inside to other people. Hallelujah. So love is not, is not, is not a feeling. You are not, oh, I, I feel like it. I feel, I don't feel like loving today. I feel I'm not feeling up to it. No, 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 no. Love is a nature. Love is a nature. It's a nature. It's nature. It, 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 it's a nature. All right. So God's nature is imparted into your being, and that is love. Hallelujah. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. By this, all men shall know that you are my disciple. If you have love, one another. Hallelujah. So the nature of God that is imparted into the believer is the nature of love. First things first. First things first. 
First things first is the nature of love. Hallelujah. First John chapter 4 and 8. It says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Did you see that? So your knowledge of God is validated by your love work. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know God if you are not walking in the fullness of his love. Hallelujah. You don't know God if you are not walking in the fullness of his love. All right? He says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. First John chapter 4 and 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we, we understand as a, as a foundational teaching, all right, that when we got born again, what was imparted into us was the nature of love. And before we got born again, we couldn't walk in love. It is impossible for a non-believer to have love. It is practically impossible. Take that, all right? It's not, it's not, it's not difficult for the unbeliever, all right, to have love. It is, imp- it is practically impossible. It is inconsistent with the nature, you know, of an unbeliever to have love. He can't have it. Okay, so before we got born again, just as, as we have it in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were spiritually dead people. So they couldn't, they were, it was practically impossible for them, you know, to keep up with the, with the righteous requirements of God. So Moses had to give them the Ten Commandments. There were the many ceremonial laws of thou shall not, thou shall not. I was reading today, I found that there were about 613 ceremonial laws. Okay, giving to the children of Israel, all right, so that they could, you know, fulfill the law of God. But as, 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 you can't fulfill all of those laws, okay? And if you break one of those commandments, you've broken all of it, all of it, all of it. So it was practically impossible for the children of Israel, all right, to, to fulfill the laws of God. And that's why, People like Joel began to prophesy. People like Ezekiel began to prophesy that it shall come to pass that, you know, I'll power my spirit upon all flesh. I'll give you a new heart of flesh. I'll take away the stolen heart and I'll give you a heart of flesh. That heart of flesh is talking about, is talking about your recreated human spirit. That's the heart of flesh. You know, Ezekiel was prophesying that, and, 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 and that's the heart that we now have in Christ Jesus. So it was impossible for them to live a life that pleased God because they didn't have the nature of God. They were spiritually dead people. But now in the New Testament, praise God forevermore. The Bible says the entire commandment is fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's read Romans chapter 13 and 10. Romans 13 and 10. Let's read this one. Let's not just quote it. Romans chapter 13 and 10. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Romans chapter 13 and verse 10. The Bible says, love does not harm to a neighbor. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So all the 613 laws of Moses and all the ceremonial laws were fulfilled in just one word, love. Can you imagine? Such a joy. Such a, such a joy. All the laws were fulfilled in one, one word, love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're just going to be examining, you know, what the Bible says about love and how we can begin to exercise this God kind of love 
in our hearts as we journey, you know, in our walk with the Lord. Praise God forevermore. So what are the characteristics of this law? The first thing we must understand is that if you don't, um, like I said, this love is shed abroad in your heart, but you can have this love of God in your heart, and yet it won't benefit humanity, it won't benefit God if you don't exercise it. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart, but you can just cage it like, like that. You can, it can remain in your heart, except you give it manifestation, except you give it latitude to operate. And how do, do, and how do we begin to give love latitude to operate? One way we do that is to forgive. Love forgives. Love forgives. Love forgives. Very powerful. Love forgives. All right? You can't say that um, you are working in love and you are working in unforgiveness. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 and 32. Ephesians chapter 4 and 32. Remember, we're just still in love. We've not even touched peace, patience, joy, and all of those things because Actually, the fruit of the Spirit is love that manifests itself in all those other eight dimensions. Ephesians chapter number four. Praise God forevermore. And verse 32. Hallelujah. I read from here. The Bible says. Praise God forevermore. I'm trying to just open my Bible. Beg your pardon. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter number four. Praise God forevermore. And 32. The Bible says, and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Love forgives. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, you should understand that this was written to believers. So in essence, it's possible for believers to wrong one another. <laughs> okay? It is very possible because the, 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 this book was not written to sinners. It was written to believers. The, the, it was written to the church at Ephesus. And it says, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So one thing you must realize is that Christ has forgiven you. God forgave you in Christ. All right? Isaiah chapter 50, Isaiah chapter 43 and 25 says, God speaking there, he says, I'm even the one that blot out your transgression for my own sake. He says, and your sins I will remember no more. Isaiah chapter 43 and 25. Isaiah 43 and 25. God says, I, I, I will blot out your transgression and your iniquities. And for my sake, I will not remember your iniquities. So, if you say you are forgiving somebody, one vital characteristic we know you are forgiving is that you do not remember. And what I mean by that is that you don't bring up what the person has done, you know, maybe two years later. Or three weeks later, he said, remember what you did last week? Oh, this is the exact same thing you did. And you are bringing to remembrance what the person has done. All right? So if, we, if, you, if you forgive, the number one evidence that we know you are forgiving is that you do not remember. And I'm not saying that you're, you do not remember entirely or you're, you just, I'm talking about that 
you are not harboring any kind of grudge against that person. All right? So if the person offends you again, just like Peter said, he said, how many times should I forgive my neighbor if you offend me seven times? So if the person keeps doing that thing again and again, <laughs> Jesus says, 70 times seven, you should forgive. All right? And one characteristic that you do not, you are forgiving your neighbor is trespass, is iniquity, wrongdoing towards you, is that you do not remember. All right, and you don't remember means you do not harbor grudges, you do not keep resentment, you don't hold on to what somebody has done to you. All right, love forgives. There are some of us here we've said to, you know, we, we've said in our hearts, and this is that night where there's going to be deliverance and freedom. You've said about some people, I will never forgive this person, I will never talk to this boy. What he did to me was so was no 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 no. It was so hurtful. It was so painful. Now, if you look to the flesh, you can't walk in the fruit of the spirit because it's the fruit of the spirit. Not that you don't you don't look to the flesh to fulfill the laws of God. You look to your spirit. All right. You look to your spirit. You don't look to the flesh to fulfill the laws of God. No, 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 no. You can't. The, the flesh is incapable of loving. It cannot. It is practically impossible for you to love with your flesh. All right. And we're not talking about human love. Human love can turn from love to hatred overnight. We saw that in Hamo and Tama. You know, Hamo was saying, I love my sister. I love my sister. But by the time he was able to get his way through to her, that love suddenly turned to hatred. So human love can turn to hatred overnight. So we're not talking about human love here. We're talking about the God kind of love. And the, 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 the number one characteristic And the God kind of love does not remember the wrong that has been done to it. Hallelujah. I believe as we are teaching tonight, grace is imparted and you are looking into your you know, and you can release them to God because you have the love nature in you. Hallelujah. A very profound story that Pastor shared was, you know, I think some Sundays ago, how that he shared that a particular lady whom he had pastored. Can you imagine? <laughs> he had pastored this lady, and this lady sent a very nasty text to him. And he was getting ready. Because, listen, the flesh will always want to, you know, react. The flesh will always want to revenge. The flesh will always want to get back at people. All right? That's, that's, it, it, it's very, because when you got born again, Listen to this. When you got born again, it was your spirit that got born again. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are passed away in a spirit man. All things are new in a spirit man, not in his soul, not in his body. All right? That's why Romans will say that you present your body. God does not do anything with your body. You are the one that will do something with your body. He says that you present your body and he says that you renew your mind. God is not going to be the one to renew your mind. He has done something with your spirit. You have something to do with your body. You have something to do with your soul. Hallelujah. He says you present your body. So two things you do with your body. Number one, you present it. And number two, you subdue it to your inward mind. The Bible says even though, you know, the, the, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. So two things you do to your flesh is that you present your body to God. 
And number two, you subdue your body. And who is the you here? The you here is your spirit man. The Paul speaking says, I bring under my body. I, the spirit man, the real me, I bring under my body. I bring it into subjection. Hallelujah. So in, in working in the, the God kind of love, the flesh will always want to exact itself. But what you do is that, number one, you present your body to God. And number two, you subdue your body to the inward man. So when the body is trying to, you know, revenge, when the, the body is trying to gossip, when the, the body is trying to say things are not fitting, you subject that body to the inward man. You subject your tongue to the inward man. No, I'm not going to speak against this person. Even though this person has treated me this way, I'm not going to react. You know, by also trying to say things that are contrary, trying to say things that are evil against the person. No, 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 no. I'm going to subject my body. So what Pastor Dami did there was that he subjected his body to the inward man. He presented his body to God, all right, and now and subjected that body to the inward man by doing something, by praying for the person. Can you imagine? The Lord said to him, pray for her instead. Instead of sending a text that will also show that, yes, I, see, I'm very, I, I, I understand by the time I write and you read, you, you also know that, you know, I, I can say some of these things you are saying too. But when you subject the body, all right, to the inward man, what is going to come forth is the life of God. What is going to ooze out from you is the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. What a joy. I'm just trying to check the time that we are still in order. So you do things to your body. You do two things to your body. You subject it and you present it, all right, to the Lord. Praise God forevermore. So the first thing I said was that God's love forgives. God's love forgives. And the evidence that, you know, you are forgiving a person is that you, you do not remember, you do not have a grudges. And if you are also going to forgive someone, you also must forgive yourself. Hallelujah. So as you are extending forgiveness to other people, you must extend forgiveness to yourself. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we sleep. Sometimes we do things that are terrible. And you can't just come to the realization that, ah, I actually did this thing. And you are abhorring grudges and resentment against yourself. That's a very dangerous place to be. All right? So as you are forgiving of other people, you must also release forgiveness to yourself. Okay, you see? So if you really love people, you will not keep reminding them of what they've done to you, like I said. But you must also, all right, forgive yourself. Hallelujah. Because unforgiveness is an hindrance to faith and prayer. One fundamental hindrance to faith and prayer is unforgiveness. And we see that in Mark chapter 11, when you begin to read from verse 23 and 25, a very popular scripture on faith. But we quote a lot of times, we quote verses 23, we quote verses 24, but we don't quote verse 25. Now, let's look at Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. The very popular faith scriptures. The Bible says, it says, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, you know, and all of that. And we say, oh, praise God, I, can, I say things and they come to pass and we're excited and we're bubbled up. Because, you know, we are declaring God's word and which is really fantastic. 
but a, a lot of time we do not quote verse 25. So let's just go to Mark chapter 11 and see the importance of forgiveness when it comes to prayers, you know, and working in faith. If you do not have um, Mark chapter 11, all right, let's begin to read from verse 23. For I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and believes that those things he says it will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you see that? Talking about faith and prayer, that when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. But 25 now says, and whenever you stand praying, Pastor Peace we agree with me that the word and is in, in English language is a conjunction, all right, which means it is joining something to another. So Mark chapter 11 and 23 and is joining what Christ is saying in 23 and 24. Because you don't start a sentence with and. But here the Bible says, and whenever you stand praying, so it's a continuation of verse 24. In effect, the way you get faith to work is by forgiveness. And forgiveness is love. <laughs> That's why Galatians chapter 5 and 6 says, neither circumcision nor circumcision availed anything in Christ Jesus. All right, it says, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or circumcision availed anything, but faith that works by love. All right, so a characteristic of love is forgiveness. And the way you get your faith to work, all right, is by forgiving. Because the only way faith will work, faith works only through love. Hallelujah. So he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Hallelujah. So I want you to begin to search your heart, you know, this very night. If there's anybody you've, you've been holding on to for years, for three weeks, two weeks, yesterday, five years, ten years, there is grace tonight. As this word is God, as, as, as the word of God is, is being sent forth, all right, there is healing going on right now. And you can now, because faith has been stirred up in your heart and you understand that love is the, is the nature of the believer, you can release anybody. You can release anything. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Love forgives. Another very important characteristics of love is that when you're working in the God kind of love, you can pray for people who have done you wrong. Just even, he's still talking about forgiveness still here, but it's, it's, it's another kind of variant. You can, you can pray for those who have wronged you. Now, it is very interesting to note that the first time Jesus spoke about prayers, the very first time Jesus mentioned anything about prayer was in relationship, was in relation, beg your pardon, all right, to praying for your enemies, praying for those who despitefully use you. You know, it is, it is easy to love those who love us. It is easy to, you know, be friends with those who are friends with us. It's easy to speak well of people who speak well of us. But it takes the God kind of love, all right, to pray for someone who is using you spitefully. Have you, have you ever been in a situation where you know that the, the, the only time this person calls you is when he needs something from you? <laughs> you know, we have people like that. They are users. 
All right. <laughs> the, 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 the only time he, he, he checks up on you or he reaches out to you or she, she does is when there's a need. And once that need is done and set to you, you don't see them again, they're gone. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. Let's read that. Matthew chapter 5 on verse 43. Praying for your enemies and just, you know, being kind to those who are not kind to us. Very powerful. It says, you have heard, it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Hallelujah. And begins to go on like that. And he says, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the task collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the task collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. The word perfect there is the word mature. All right? You shall be mature. You shall be mature. So the way we get matured in love is even by praying for those who spitefully use us. Hallelujah. Now, in this, like I said before, the flesh cannot do any of these things. The flesh will not want to ever pray for who? You? What you did? Ah, no, 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 no. The flesh will want to do that. So we, 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 we draw our strength, our resources from the spirit man, from the inward man. And the fruit of the spirit is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be God. So you want to begin to ask yourself, you know, and that, Lord, how, how do I become a blessing to those who have mistreated me? All right? Because all of these things are action words. It says bless them. It says pray for them. It says do good to them. Send them a gift on their birthdays. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right? Because if you begin to walk in this dimension, my God, we will move mountains. My God. If you begin to walk in this dimension... The things of the spirit become an easy flow in our midst. Hallelujah. The things of the spirit are just going to be breaking forth like a plague in our meetings, in our lives, in our workplaces. Hallelujah. That no, no matter what I say about this girl, no matter what I say about this guy, he just keeps loving up on me. Who are you? Are you a human being? No, you're supernatural. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So walking in love is very, it's, 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 it's of paramount importance. It's, uh, it, the love of God in us forgives. And uh, one of the benefits of walking in love is that you, you even prolong your days. When there's hatred, when there's resentment in your system, it can even, you know, have a negative effect on your physical health. Hatred can get to a point. Resentment, grudges. These things are so powerful that, you know, they can impact on your physical body. Your health can be deteriorating just because, you know, you, 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 you've sustained a level of hatred against somebody. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So walk in love. Hallelujah. I have very few minutes. Uh, let me just, you know, wrap this up. And I just believe, God, that the rest of our teachers, you know, will just do justice to the rest of um, what the Holy Spirit will have us share. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Okay. So, like I said, that is just one fruit of the Spirit. 
it's love that manifests itself in this other other dimension. Now let's look at First Corinthians chapter 13 as I prove to you that the fruit of the Spirit is actually love, but it just manifests itself in others, in joy, in peace, in gentleness, and uh, long-suffering. Hallelujah. If you are still with me, say praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so turn your Bibles with me to First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read from verse 4. Hallelujah. God is good, and all of the time, God is good. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to put a finger on Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. And we're going to use 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as a soundboard. Hallelujah. So you want to do something for me. You want to put up Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23 on the group page. And also put up 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 8 on the page. And let's do some... You know, let's try to juxtapose this. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay? Now, when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 6, the Bible says love rejoices. Have you seen that? Love rejoices. So if love rejoices, what is the equivalent of rejoicing in Galatians chapter 5? Tell me. Hallelujah. Are you still here? The Bible says love rejoices. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pastor Yinka has gone up on it. Hallelujah. So <laughs> you can see that love rejoicing is actually joy. So the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So love rejoices means love is joy. Hallelujah. Now we're going to run through it and we're just going to trust God for grace. And we're just going to wrap this up. Praise God forevermore. Now let me run quickly. Love rejoices means that is love and joy. Love and joy. Love rejoices in Galatians chapter 5 and 22. You have love and joy. Now verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is not easily provoked. That is peace. Love is not easily provoked. Love is peaceful. That is peace. That's the reflection of, you know, of peace in, in Galatians chapter 5. Love is not easily provoked. That is peace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 4, love suffers long. Hallelujah. That is, love is patience in Galatians chapter 5. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love this. Love suffers long. Love is patience. Okay? So, in, in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, it says, love is kind. The, the equivalent of that in Galatians chapter 5 is love is kindness. Are you seeing that? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 5, the Bible says, love keeps no record of wrongs. The equivalent of that in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, that is goodness. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It is good. Goodness. Love is full of goodness. Full of goodness. So it doesn't have the capacity to keep record of wrong because love is full of goodness. Hallelujah. Now, First Corinthians chapter 13 and 6 says, Love never gives up and always trusts. Love never gives up 
and is always trusting. That is the equivalent of faithfulness. Always there. It never gives up. Faithfulness is the fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness. Hallelujah. Love keeps no record of wrongs. That is, that, that is goodness. Now, now, love never gives up and always trusts. That is faithfulness. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 5, the Bible says, Love is not rude. The equivalent of that in Galatians is that is gentleness. Hallelujah. The equivalent of 1 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says love is not self-seeking. The equivalent of that in Galatians 5 is that love is self-controlled. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So the love of God, can we please... Can you please mute yourself, please, whoever that is? Thank you. I'm about to round off now. God bless your heart, ma'am. Thank you. So we can see that the fruit of the Spirit is love that manifests itself in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness, in self-control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are many things I have written in my notes that I cannot share with us because of the paucity of time. But like I, I, I believe, this is a foundation teaching. Maybe I believe God will, there will be another opportunity to share. But um, um, I believe by next week, Thursday, Pastor Inka is going to take us much, much deeper by the Holy Ghost. And all of our speakers, Pastor Dami, Pastor Mide, Pastor Itoro, you know, I just Pastor Peace, are just going to share very profoundly. And we begin to see the manifestations of God in our midst. I so much believe that, you know, this teaching series as, as inspired by our senior pastor, you know, is actually a curriculum of the spirit. We are getting into a depth. We are getting into the end time harvest. And these things are necessary, you know, to just uh, bring forth that which, you know, is in the mind of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Bless our hearts in the name of Jesus. Let this word produce in, uh, in hundred folds and multiple folds. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise ahead of time. In Jesus' much less name we pray. Amen and amen. My name is M. Diolani and I approve this message. God bless your hearts. Charles Orji over. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.